We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app you're hearing a lot of talk about legislative redistricting these days and a lot of gnashing of teeth it may sound like inside baseball drawing boundary lines for congressional districts and wards and such But there may be nothing more important in deciding future elections. And one group says it's trying to keep you from being locked out of the process. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guests this weekend are two of the top officials of the group Change Illinois. It's a nonprofit organization that started back in 2009 as a coalition of people confronting corruption in the state. Now it's bigger and with a wider portfolio advocating for ethical and efficient government in Illinois. That's no easy task. Uh, Madeline Dubeck is Change Illinois' executive director. She is a former journalist and editor, which is how I met her. I will not say how many years ago. Chandra Van Dyke, my other guest, is someone I have only just met, but she is the Chicago project manager for Change Illinois. That puts her in charge of efforts to improve the city's ethics laws and the centerpiece, trying to change the traditionally bitter battle over Chicago's ward remap. And thanks to both of you for joining me. Great to be with you, Craig. Um, Madeline Dubeck, there is no shortage of nonprofit reform groups in Illinois, and a couple have been around for generations. And frankly, corruption and inequity not only persists, they sometimes seem to be thriving. Is Illinois incurable? <laughs> uh, I certainly hope not. And I'm doing everything I can with Chandra and uh, lots of others in Illinois to try to to, uh, to cure the illness that infects Illinois and uh, improve it. And, you know, uh, despite some setbacks, I think that we've made some progress and there is great hope for the future. Yeah, but, you know, uh, putting governors in prison apparently isn't a deterrent. Uh, I mean, what is the illness that is infecting this state? Well, you know, when people uh, take office, it seems to me that some sort of transformation occurs with some of them over time. And they um, are very much, you know, like all of us really are interested in preserving their uh, power and their jobs and their ability to control things. And sometimes that um, veers off into corrupt activities and behavior. Uh, We seem to have had more of our fair share of it in Illinois 
And unfortunately, uh, the Illinois General Assembly just passed some ethics laws that really are not sufficient to uh, provide the full cure that we need. And we're going to talk about that a little later. Chandra Van Dyke, Chicago has an even richer tradition of corruption. Um, So how does your job as a Chicago project director and, uh, you know, it's a wonder there aren't like five of you <laughs> that there would need to be for Chicago. How does that not look like trying to move a mountain with, you know, shovels? Uh, it's lots of work, but I think it's uh, work that's, that's worthy of being done. Uh, really just creating a space for community, having input in decisions that are being made for them uh, is worth the effort. It's not easy, though. <laughs> um And are you finding the atmosphere for what you're doing? And we're going to talk more about that in a second, but are you finding the atmosphere receptive? Uh, I think community, uh, people who live in everyday community are more receptive. There is still this uh, power struggle, right? Uh, Oftentimes uh, people feel that those who are making decisions or are in the position to make decisions are better suited to make those decisions. But um, myself and many others believe that everyday people have the ability to make decisions for themselves um, and that they should have a voice in these kind of processes. Well, let's talk about one of those processes. Uh, fortunately, it only happens once every 10 years, but it happens. Uh, Change Illinois this past week uh, spearheaded creation of a Chicago Advisory Redistricting Commission to play a role in the ward remap that's getting underway in the city. Um, Maybe you want to start, uh, Madeline, uh, explain the situation and why it's necessary to correct it. Well, uh, every 10 years after the census, pretty much every government with districts in the nation is required to redraw political boundaries uh, to reflect population shifts and changes. And so it is time to do that in the city of Chicago. Uh, Historically, because of its um, corrupt nature, that process has been done primarily in a back room with deal cutting amongst members of the city council. And um, we decided we wanted to uh, upend that system and that process. We've been advocating for independent redistricting for many years now. And so uh, with the help of a lot of partners and community groups and neighborhoods across the city of Chicago, we decided to launch an independent approach and model for everyone the way that it uh, should be done because these wards really belong to the people of Chicago, not their elected officials. And, uh, Chandra Van Dyke, uh, this uh, bounces the ball into your court uh, because you've been uh, overseeing uh, what Change Illinois is trying to do about this. Uh, because, I mean, haven't we've essentially had elected officials picking their voters uh, as, as opposed to the other way around? And what can be done uh, to change that? Uh, what can be done to change that is create exactly what we're doing, creating a people's process that allows everyday people who have real lived experiences in these communities that understand the impact of disinvestment and lack of resources to understand firsthand why representation and being able to have the power to organize in their communities 
is important. Uh, the process that we're we're creating and that we're hoping that city council will someday follow is a process that is open, that's transparent, that includes the voices of the communities and real people with real lived experiences. Well, and let's let's flesh that out a little bit because uh, uh, essentially you've created a panel that's created a panel. So give us a <laughs> sketch out what uh, what has happened here. Yeah, so I, I try to uh, shift the narrative that we've created a panel or that we've created a commission because that, that's not really what happened. We have a community-based organization and coalition partners um, who are from around the city and from the state uh, who understands the corruption that has happened here uh, in the city of Chicago and also statewide and want to see something differently. Uh, the selection committee, are they served independently. They were volunteers. Uh, they didn't know each other prior to serving in the capacity. They were people that we received as referrals from our community-based organization organizations and uh, coalition partners who thought that they would be suitable to serve in this capacity based off of their commitment to community or their work in this space. Uh, and that committee ultimately worked independently to uh, create a process that has never been obviously done before. Uh, and doing that in a way that's transparent by providing those minute, uh, meeting minutes on the websites after the meetings, um, in addition to taking a very thorough process to ensuring that that commission was very diverse, but operating independently and using myself and uh, some of my other colleagues as supports, uh, mostly around administrative things like scheduling interviews or uh, creating documents that they may need to track things um, or creating the maps, right? So that they can actually put these individuals on maps and see where they fall in these different geographical areas. But ultimately the work was not done. It, we didn't create this committee or this commission. It was done independently. So Chandra, talk about oh, the numbers a little bit, if you would, because I think that um, you know people ought to appreciate uh, just exactly the amount of work that this volunteer independent committee went through. Yeah, so the, the committee started off with 430 plus applicants. It was a little more than 430 applicants. Um, and ultimately, they were able to get that down to about 374 after reviewing whether a candidate uh, was a resident of the city of Chicago and over the age of 18. Uh, after they got down to 374 applicants, they then uh, ranked the question, why does uh, an individual want to be a commissioner on a zero to three scale, which led to them uh, inviting over 53 semi-finalists back for interviews uh, and ultimately conducting over 42 interviews with semi-finalists. And from there, they were able to select uh, their final uh, total of 13 commissioners and there are four alternates. And I think obviously people will and will be able to uh, going on your website, see the individuals, but in the overall sense, what's different about these people? And frankly, what do they know about drawing maps? <laughs> well, I'll get us started. Uh, these people, what's different is they, they, they have no, they, they weren't necessarily elected. They're not politicians. They're everyday people who see the conditions of their communities and they see it beyond just, oh, I'm in a position of power so I can make certain decisions. They see that they can have true impact uh, by volunteering and engaging in a process that's never been done before by stepping up to the plate and doing the real work uh, to change the conditions of their communities. Um, what was the second part? I, I think it, it was really, uh, I mean, politicians have been drawing these kinds of maps, uh, not necessarily scientifically, but certainly 
intentionally. And now everyday citizens coming in, what do they know about drawing maps? Yeah, so we intentionally wanted this to be a process that included everyday citizens, and we didn't make it a requirement for anyone to have prior mapping experience, because we believe that once people understand uh, the work and through the trainings, right? So right now we have various uh, public trainings that are available on our website at chicagoswards.org, and that's where the commissioners are. So the first two weeks, they were seated this week, I'm sorry. The first two weeks, which which is this week, starting uh, June 8th, they begun training and they'll complete training on June 17th and they'll host their first public forum on June 22nd. The commission will first be trained and they'll be trained um, in a series of different spaces around PR, outreach, um, the history of redistricting. They have had the opportunity to talk to uh, some California commissioners who've done this work before. Um, in addition, they'll be trained uh, in the voters' right, rights laws. They'll also be trained by the demographer. And they'll be giving the opportunity to actually go into the community to get feedback before actually starting the map drawing process. This will allow them to actually get an idea of what this process will be like before actually just engaging, jumping right into the work. Um, and this is how we will prepare them and they will be prepared to begin the map drawing process. And Craig, I should add that, you know, when politicians draw maps, they also get the help of experts and don't, don't do it all themselves. Uh, they make use of demographers and data <clears throat> just like this commission will. But the difference is that this commission is gonna host a series of hearings publicly in communities over the summer and virtually and, and involve real people in the city of Chicago to center them in this process and give them a voice and a say over what their neighborhoods ought to look like. Now, and Madeline, I want to talk with you just a second about what we know from our experience uh, covering these people. There is no more bitter time in the Chicago City Council than remap. I mean, it, it is, and yet this is probably one of the first, this may be the first time it's being done with a city council that is majority minority. Uh, the, the majority of the people on the council are people of color. And the city council, this is a new city council. It wants to effect its power it's not a rubber stamp city council for the first time in decades. Um, and I'm wondering if there's not a certain amount of response where people are saying, finally, people of color have control of the city council processes. And now you want to reform? <laughs> what, what, what do you say to people who are thinking, wait a minute, we finally got here to do something and now we're going to be fair after, you know, after we finally took over? Well, look, you know, um, I would have done this long ago if I could have. Um, <laughs> and I think the people of Chicago would have. That's why they have made some of the decisions that they've made lately to elect the people they have. Um, you know, I, I also would say that uh, members of the council ought not to be uh, fearful of this development in this process, and we would encourage them to embrace it and check it out and participate in it and include uh, their communities and get their uh, community members involved in this process and let's give it a chance to work and, um, and get them as involved in this with us 
as they would like to be. We welcome that and we welcome their uh, input. Um, they can come participate in these public hearings that will be held by the commission over the summer, just like everybody else. And uh, I think that, you know, by law, there are federal and state laws that protect communities of color in this process as they should. And so this commission is certainly going to abide by that and uphold it and keep that front and center as well. And I'm going to want to talk about this uh, a little bit more, but you are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guests are the leaders of the government reform group Change Illinois, Executive Director Madeline Dubeck, and Chicago Project Director Chandra Van Dyke. And I want to bring you in on this uh, issue, uh, Chandra, too, because uh, if this were really an exercise in population, it would probably be really simple. But the bottom line is that REMAP is a political process. It is a process about power as much as it is about anything else. Um, and how do you maintain that balance? Uh, because the stakes are phenomenally high for that. I mean, that's why it's so bitter on the city council, because Latino aldermen will want to talk about preserving the influence of a growing population within the city. Um, Ten years ago, uh, and this is how I met uh, at least one of the uh, Teresa Ma, State Representative Teresa Ma, was an activist in uh, drawing the last maps for the wards um, because Chinatown was broken up into six different wards. Uh, how do you balance the political aspect of this with the community aspect of this? I think it's very simple. Um as someone who has lived in the city of Chicago and seen firsthand the conditions of the community, I, I don't think this is uh, the political aspect is, 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 is as important as uh, the community aspect. I think we're in a rare time, right? We talk about how city council has changed um, and how we see a completely different city council. And I think communities have changed and, and we know that communities have changed tremendously. We talk about the decline in population of African-Americans and we talk about uh, the transitions and how communities are being gentrified and, and people can barely afford to live in the city of Chicago. These are all real issues, um, but these are real issues that come from a foundation that the system, the foundation of the system makes this a reality for everyday people. Uh, is I believe that as a, a person who has lived in the city of Chicago and has maneuvered many systems here, that I know what's best for me and I know what's best for my community. Um, I've had the opportunity to engage with people in community at a very young age. And I've always talked with people and people have always known what was best for their community, but never felt empowered to talk to those who make those decisions. Or when they did go to talk, they felt that it fell on deaf ears. Um, and so for me, it's, it's very easy and clear to make uh, the, the find to, to find the balance. The balance is simple. People know what's best for them. People know their communities and people should have a voice in making decisions that's best for them. They should be able to elect officials, elected officials, representation um, that actually advocates for them, that actually is going to make decisions uh, to better improve the conditions of their community. And beyond that, uh, is going to work with others and be willing to work with others um, to ensure that the community knows who represents them. And this is uh, something that is going to have to be voted on by the Chicago City Council 
how do you get the people who are going to be the most affected, well, not the most affected, but the people who are going to be directly affected by the remap uh, to buy into doing it in a way that they don't control? Uh, I say it again and again, it's show and prove. I believe that once uh, not just aldermen, but the community uh, see the work that we're doing, how we intend to do it in a more intentional and transparent and open way, how we intend to engage community different. Um, I think that once people really look at the people who are serving as commissioners, their diversity, their engagement in communities, the cross, how they cross sectors in their workspaces, uh, how they may live in one community, but have a connection to another that to me is what's going to lead us into being most successful and getting the support uh, that we need to pass this map forward. But I will say again and again, it's show and prove and engage in community differently, right? Because whatever happens to the map, the most important thing is that we empower people to have a voice and to engage and civically engage in these spaces where their voices can change systems and impact communities in a positive way. Craig, we need people to really um, participate in this process and then also um, join us in letting the members of the city council know that this is a better way and the way they want to go. And so if um, the commissioners and everyone who supports this approach speaks up and puts some effort in over the next several months, then I think we will it's our hope that we see a groundswell of support for the work of this commission and that will make it easier for the members of the council to embrace it. Um, I want to uh, widen our gaze just a bit because this uh, issue is being played out at the state level as well, perhaps without as much bitterness, but certainly with more theater. Uh, and, I don't know. I think there's plenty of bitterness at the state yeah. level, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean, how do the how do the, I won't say games, but how do the efforts differ besides scope when you're dealing at the state level? Because we are seeing exactly the same dynamics play out. Well, I mean, at the state level, the the situation is a little bit different because you have uh, Democrats and Republicans um, uh, at loggerheads and fighting one another. Uh, there really isn't that dynamic in the city of Chicago, uh, but the, the basic dynamic of self-preservation by elected officials is at play. Um, and so again, uh, you know, we're trying to remind those officials that these districts do not belong to them, they belong to the people. And this ought to be a people-centered process because it is the foundation of our democracy, not the foundation of elected officials' democracy. So, you know, at the state level, we saw a very um, closed, non-transparent, um, very partisan process and, uh, and already we've seen a lawsuit filed by the Republican Party against the Democratic supermajority, who very quickly adopted maps on a strict party line vote after, um, you know, holding a bunch of hearings that most people in the state didn't know about and couldn't participate in because it was during their work hours. How much does a lawsuit like this change the game? 
Well, that remains to be seen. I think it's going to be um, fascinating to watch it play out because we're uh, really seeing um, a claim that has never been um, heard in court before, as far as I'm aware, which is essentially that the use of American community survey data from the Census Bureau rather than actual census data is not appropriate. Um, the American Community Survey data is very good data, it has lots of wonderful uses, um, but it has never been intended to be used for remapping purposes. And so that's really the gist of the Republicans' um, complaint. And uh, I don't know, I mean, we're, we are truly living this last year and a half in unprecedented times. And this is just another, another example of that. And we're also talking about a process in which uh, the Democrats have also planned for the redrawing of judicial districts. So which hasn't been done the, for 60 years. Yes. So technically the judges are involved in this too. Right. And, um, and that's been, uh, while the districts, the judicial districts have not been changed in many, many years, uh, the judiciary has certainly been involved in redistricting battles before in this state and um, notably knocked off a previous attempt to get onto the ballot an independent redistricting question to ask voters if they would prefer an independent commission drawing maps rather than politicians. I do want to touch on the one other thing that you brought up at the top, and that was uh, the state taking a stab at ethics laws. Um, but it is not a very strong stab. Uh, so what, what, what's going on here? And are we seeing something play out that uh, is just more of the same? It's, it's really disappointing and disheartening, um, you know, that after a, more than a year and a half, uh, after the creation of a commission, uh, after indictment after indictment, literally um, in this past year and a half, 10 state officials or associates of state officials have been indicted on federal corruption charges. And yet the result out of this general assembly was um, one of the weakest in the nation, six month ban on lawmakers becoming lobbyists after they leave office, uh, not fully empowering the legislative inspector general who serves as the watchdog over the legislative branch of government um, you know, a few changes to the annual economic disclosure forms that officials are required to file, but nearly not nearly enough detail for the public to understand whether a lawmaker has a conflict when they're voting on something. There's a lot more work that needs to be done. And, um, and again, I think it's an example of um, the majority uh, not wanting to make things more difficult for themselves to keep their power, to hold on to their power and believing that they um, uh, are not going to be held accountable. Chandra Van Dyke, let me ask you uh, a question, a general question related to that, because I did talk to one political analyst who said, you know, part of the problem is that there's no groundswell, public groundswell for ethics. Does the public not really care 
about the ethics laws? I mean, have we just accepted that, well, that's how Illinois politicians are and they're not getting all worked up about this? Well, I don't think that's it. I think that when we look at the history of corruption, whether in Illinois or at the citywide level in Chicago, people voices have been taken. They're voiceless. They don't feel empowered to make decisions. Would you feel empowered when your Ottoman says, I was voted into this position. I have the voice. I'm the person that does it. The people don't know what they want. They don't trust. But, you know, it's it's like we don't entrust that people have the ability to make the best decisions for themselves. And people don't trust that politicians necessarily care about their opinion on what is best for themselves, if that makes sense. And so I think that oftentimes people don't feel welcome to uh, to be in this space, right? We see where communities go years and years organizing and, and pushing to have simple things uh, in their communities like working streetlights or uh, street bumps to prevent people, children from getting hit by cars. And it never happens. It falls on deaf ears and some, until something crazy happens, uh, like a kid get hit by a car, then it, it's, well, okay, let's go ahead and put speed bumps here. But the community has been organized and asking for it. So I think people at this point, they don't feel empowered to have a voice to have impact in this space. So yeah, we see where politicians get to make decisions for us without us because we don't feel welcome to be a part of the conversation. Well, and that's, I'm afraid that's going to have to be the last word because we are out of time. Uh, but thank you very much to Chandra Van Dyke and Madeline Dubeck of Change Illinois for spending this half hour with us. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link a little ways down the homepage, and you can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.